Hi, welcome to episode 14 of Sparks of Madness. This is your host, Graham Rayner, and uh, this week, something a little different. Um, I am speaking with, um, it's the first guest we've had who is uh, not originally from Britain. We have uh, Kat Cassisopa, also known as Pussycat Bangkok, who is uh, a comedian originating from Thailand, um, and maybe better known for those of you who are old enough to remember uh, Big Brother when it was still uh, a relevance, uh, a show that was still on Channel 4. Cat uh, was a contestant in Season 9 of Big Brother, which was uh, back in 2008, and uh, did really well on the show. She was one of the final contestants evicted um, from the show before the final. So just a few days before the final, Cat uh, was one of the, the f- f- two contestants um, evicted on that day. That was a show that was originally one by Rachel, uh, eventually won by Rachel Rice. Um, so I speak with um, Pussycat Bangkok or Cat about um, life after Big Brother, uh, what that was like, um, and then the uh, the reasons why some ten years later she took the decision to uh, start a career in stand-up comedy um, and the, the, the efforts she has done um, to to enter comedy as someone who um, is known for other things, has never done comedy before. Um, so, you know, she's, she's undertaken comedy courses, writing courses. She's working to bring uh, a different style of comedy to, uh, to our, our shores, if you like. Uh, and you'll see from this interview or you'll hear from this interview, um, I say this with the greatest of, you know, affection. She's nuts. She's absolutely mental. Um, loads of energy, really, overwhelmingly positive attitude which is impossible not to like um she's fantastic and we had a really good chat um she is delightfully bonkers um and we talk about her new life in comedy what she loves about the comedy scene what she hopes to to add to the comedy scene um and why it is what it is about her um that means that she just wants to please people and that's what she's trying to do with her comedy um and and we talk about you know the the levels of anxiety she has uh, her fears of disappointing people um to the point where she talks about frequently um being being physically sick with nerves before a gig um how she overcomes that with her buddhism and meditation um but generally what you're about to hear is is uh, just Close to 45 minutes of um, pure, unadulterated energy, joy and madness. Um, and uh, the most enthusiastic guest we've had so far. So here now, me talking to Pussycat Bangkok. Um, so welcome to um, episode 14 of Sparks of Madness. And I'm thrilled to be joined by... Pussycat Bangkok. Um, Kat, how are you? Yes, very good. Thank you so much. I am so excited with this summer. And in the middle of August, comedy is back. It is. <laughs> and your enthusiasm is fantastic. So this is the first this is the first for the podcast. You're the first person we've had who isn't British um, on the podcast, which is great. So welcome. <laughs> Um, and, yeah, and the first person I think who's danced at all during the podcast. So, <laughs> 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 so 
Let me, you can see it, right? Exactly. So for those listening on just to the audio, um, Pussycat is um, looking extremely colourful and has just done a little dance already. So this could go anywhere. So, um, <laughs> How are you, Graham, by the way? I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting used to the idea that comedy might be coming back. Um, and uh, yeah, exactly. It's, I'm trying not to get too excited because I, th I have a feeling there might be a few false starts, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So what about yourself? How are you? Um, the first pandemic, when it hit the first month, it is extremely sad because I used to be out every night. Sometimes I am performing, but sometimes networking or support each other comedian because I make a lot of friends in mm. the industry, meet a lot of promoters. Sometimes we just out-support each other. But when it first hit, no one do online gig or anything yet. So it's a kind of having a life and then in the prison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally get it. Everyone just kind of stopped for a bit, didn't they? And and uh, I think until we find a new way, right? Yeah, and then suddenly you got people being really creative, doing gigs in sheds and in gardens and all over the place. I've seen people doing gigs on the back of lorries and you know driving comedy and stuff like that. So I think people are finding a way to be funny and be creative which is great and so but you're you're quite unique aren't you in a fantastic way so Kat first of all tell me about um because you're from Thailand originally when did you move yes. from Thailand to the UK? I came here in 2001 and okay. I am from Thailand if you can see me right now I am smiling a lot at the time. I live in London and I literally smile to everybody on the tube, on the train, everywhere. Graham, most people think I am walking around trying to sell a DVD. <laughs> Some people really think I am walking around walk for offering a Thai massage with a happy ending. <laughs> Just because well. I am smiling all the time fantastic and so and when you were in thailand were you a performer there before you came over here i graduated in performing i have a bachelor degree so i done a theater i done a little tv work while i am uh, studying right but and not comedy comedy is totally new and when Still. did you start comedy about uh, last year, I started in January my first gig. However, it's taking me a long time to work toward it. I went to a writing class, normal English writing class to improve my English. I also went to a pronunciation class for a year. And it is as good as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And after that, I done a, a quick comedy class, uh, and then I start going out, geeking as much as I can, almost every night. That's how I manage to keep improving. Fantastic. And but some people might recognise you from um, Big Brother. You did see was it series nine of Big Brother? 
Yes, that's right. I was on Big Brother when it is still in black and white. <laughs> and I was in Big Brother on Channel 4. People call it a social experiment. However, I think a lot of people know that in my it's more like a free show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and some people think their lockdown is bad. I have been locked up before for over 90 days. Also, I didn't realize that. Graham, one minute, are you in shock? Do you think I have been in jail? <laughs> no, no, no. Andra, <laughs> or you think I am a sex slave? None of that. I been locked up in a TV prison yeah. or Big Brother. 90 days. We even have to poo-poo and pee-pee on camera. We don't even have porn hub to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that wasn't what I expected you to say. Um, <laughs> so, Big Brother then is, it, I mean, it, certainly in its Channel 4 days when you were on it, it was a massive show. Um, how did that change your life? How did that impact you? I think everything is come, the coin have two sides. It's opening door, opening experience from a normal life of a Thai girl who have been here for seven years to an explosion to a public press going out to me, to ASDA, I even have to have ASDA security guard escort me to the car because teenage kids try to feed cookie in my mouth. Or sometimes people start licking my face when I'm going out. I have people stopping by ringing my doorbell at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., want to give me cookie or want me to chow cookie and say happy birthday to their ex-girlfriend. Crazy. So All crazy. That's, that's, that's hard. So is, that why you, is that why you're now um, starting, you know, kicking off in comedy for the last year or so? Is that because you've found a bit of, um, a, bit of a bug? You've been bitten by the bug of people knowing who you are and and that connection, or was it something else that made you want to try comedy? I love making people happy. Mm. When I am with people, people tend to laugh. I mm. don't know if it's at me or with me. However, when I see like you smiling right now, I love making people happy. So I might as well make make it bigger, make make it more. Uh, welcoming and make it more skillful as well mm. because comedian is not just like you talking to the friend in the pub as you know we have a lot of skill that I am learning toward mm. it mm. yeah it's not easy um, and I think that's the mistake some people make is thinking that it's easy but I just wondered with you having spent time in Big Brother whether then you thought, how can I keep that going? Or did, did you, so there was a big gap. I don't think so, because I was, as I said, in Big Brother when it's in black and white. That's what a long time ago. 
and I have a, a break from all of that. That's yeah. what in 2008, and I haven't started this until 2018, 10 what years What did you do in between? How, how did you fill that 10-year gap? I, I have a chance to do all sort of interesting things. For example, I do a lot of hosting in Thai festival in the UK. And when mm -hmm. I say Thai festival, uh, it's about 10 to 20% of the Thai audience. Mostly it's welcome to foreigners. We have art and craft, we have Thai dancing, we have Thai comedian, we have a lot of Thai food. So I do a lot of hosting event and I do drag as well. I am do a lot of campaign as a straight ally, but supporting LGBTQ community that mm. I am very proud of. And Good. I believe you don't have to be an LGBTQ person. We can just believe in the equality of love to mm. promote an LGBT right because yeah. it's all one love. Absolutely, totally agree, and and that's um, it's your enthusiasm is infectious. I think I can see Aww, you know, you. You, you're full of energy. Is that how you are on stage when you're delivering your comedy? Are you larger than life? I think so, and I think even my accent is not the best, but I believe what come from the heart go to the heart if i am having a good time having fun and the audience can feel the positive and the fun the the the, the happy moment and they're feeling it with me mm. so this podcast is about comedy and mental health um, yes and we've talked to different acts about different aspects of mental health and one of the reasons, well, a couple of reasons why I wanted to speak with you was, A, because you're someone who is thousands of miles from home, um, which means that that might have extra challenges. And because you had this sort of explosion on Big Brother and then a big gap and now you're doing comedy. And, and that interested me as well. What's it like being a comedian on, on, a, on the circuit so far from home in such a different culture? The culture and the humor, it is very different. Mm -hmm. So British humor, I am observing for 20 years. The culture is different. So what I try to do the most is try to have fun with the audience. So my comedy, it is interactive. So I'm a kind of give halfway to see how audience is reaction is and then they're having fun they work toward me as much as i uh, presenting the comedy to them so we're having fun together being an explosion on big brother when i started comedy i never have a set about big brother until now a year and a half 18 months later when i first started i tend to do a uh, comedy about Thailand, about being a Thai woman, stereotype, also a middle-aged woman who like to hang out in the club, in the gay bar, that be me, it still be cat or pussycat Bangkok, but in different aspects. But nowadays, because of the lockdown, 
is bring back the memory mm. of being locked in, of being not around to go out. So nowadays, I started to do a comedy and have a small set about a big brother. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, in terms of then your mental health, um, I mean, I don't know whether you've got any particular conditions, but when we talked before, you talked about particular anxiety within comedy about before a gig you get very anxious talk me through that i think because uh, an explosion sometimes people prejudging you mm. they think you come because of your name or sometimes people put as seen on tv i know even it was a million years ago however some people still remember still prejudge you so I, I am always trying my hardest in every gig. It doesn't matter if it's one person audience or it can be 20,000 or big audience. I, I don't gig in, uh, in the park or I have hosting one of the podium for the LGBTQ Pride in London last year. One in five podium and it's millions of the people. Mm. I am using my comedy skill. So before any of that fun on the stage, I always so worried and so nervous. I think on every gig because of the prejudging and also in the back of my head, I really feel worried about my accent too. Because mm. that's another factor, isn't it? It's not something that I worry about because most people understand me generally pretty clearly, but obviously you do have a strong accent. So what techniques have you used to overcome that anxiety then? What do you do? As I am Thai and I am a Buddhist person, I find mindfulness is helping. So before I get on the stage every time, no matter where I am, I will find a moment to be with myself, concentrate on my breathing. And also before I come out, after all that concentrate of breathing, I breathe in slowly, three, five, 15 concentrate on that and mm. after that finish i just dance and jump to make me having fun because i really believe in if i having fun audience is having fun with me so you get really calm and really centered and then, and then you, boom <laughs> yes <laughs> that's that's interesting because i think um in most sort of green rooms up and down the country where i've gigged Comedians all have a different approach. Some, some. Oh, I always talk to everybody. I only mindfulness just before yeah. I go out, and then, and then in that minute of the mindfulness, I'm a kind of jumping and dancing and out. So that's yeah. that's really interesting. Um, <laughs> and so Buddhism is something that I don't know huge amounts about. Is that something that you think that sort of that spiritual aspect that that centered aspect of it do you think that helps you as a performer i believe in what come around go around or mm -hmm. we call it karma mm -hmm. so if it comes from the heart it go to the heart if have 
is have a positive and happy energy. This energy, people can feel it. Audience can feel it. And that is my style of comedy. I know comedy have so different so many styles. Mm. It can be a dark comedy, it can be political comedy, it can be about the news. But my comedy is mostly come from Pussycat Bangkok. My own experience and the way I look at the world. Like I do like I am doing a handstand, an upside down way. The world for me is more like I'm giving 69 at all time. <laughs> <laughs> So, my question then would be, if you, you know, let's say it's a Tuesday, it's a Tuesday, it's a miserable Tuesday in October, a grey day, you're not feeling it, you're feeling a bit flat, maybe you're having a bad day, and you've got to go out for a gig, how do you lift yourself, because your performance style is clearly very much based on a positive energy and and lively. Yes. If you're not yes. feeling positive and energetic for any reason, how do you get yourself from where you are to where you need to be? Don't forget, woman is good at faking it. <laughs> <laughs> we know men well known for that. Even I don't feel it. I go to the mirror, I put lipstick on, I put makeup on, I put colorful clothes on, I give myself a smile. I laugh with myself, I smile to myself, and I believe when you start from faking it, you're feeling it. Mm. So you... And when you're feeling it, slowly, it has to come from you, start from you. And sometimes nobody can help you. But trust me, in every gig, I am extremely nervous. Mm. You know, when the lockdown is four months ago, and uh, two weeks ago, I have one live gig. Just in a small pub garden. Nothing big. Sometimes I have like thousands of mm. audience. It's like 20 people. Mm -hmm. Nothing. But the I'm nervous to the point that I am throwing up. I, I, I couldn't sleep. I'm worried. I, and, uh, normally I can improvise easily and have fun with the audience. I have to have a note with me. Because I believe you... You're also feeling the same that when you do the live gig, it's different from doing online gig where right. you can secretly read the note yeah. in the corner. So it's different skill that we interact with human being again. And I, I was very sick. However, when the first gig done, that's it. Yes. Fantastic. So um, the, the nervousness, you've already said that you're worried about... Um, people maybe prejudging you or your accent. Is it that you're worried about letting people down or worried that, that people just won't get what you're doing? Or what's the, what's the real fear? I, I worry about not giving an audience a good time. Mm -hmm. And also every promoter, that kindly book me and giving me an opportunity like yourself today as well you're giving me an opportunity to to your podcast to your world mm -hmm. and when i'm walking to someone's house i want to make them happy that is my 
my my genuine feeling i am a pre people pleaser i want mm -hmm. to make everyone happy around me however before i go i might give you a good happy ending as well because <laughs> i think that a lot of people expecting from a thai woman and it will be in my version of the happy ending <laughs> so do you think that's what most comedians have in common then where so one of the things i think is that most comedians have some kind of mental health issues but also that I, I think there is that thread of of comedians particularly wanting not necessarily to please but that there's no other uh, performance form where you get that immediate sense of you've either done well or you haven't if you go on if you're a singer and you're on with a guitar um you know you can you can play the guitar technically brilliantly you can sing the words technically brilliantly and the audience might not it just might not be their taste but they know that you're technically a good singer a good musician same with acting and dance and things like that but with comedy it's you're either funny or you're not and the audience will decide that but we all have that need to get that reaction what's it like for you when when you smash a gig when you really when you really knock it out of the park and you feel that love coming back, what does that do for you? To me, comedy is like cocaine. <laughs> uh, it's addictive. That's why I said before lockdown, I am doing it nearly mm. every night. That's a matter of performing it or go and see it, supporting mm. it or in the class. And when I am doing it, it's give me a real high, it's give me a real hit. And the more people laugh, the more I see people happy. Mm. And that's it give me a direct reaction. So comedy is, is so addictive and give me high. And it's also expensive. I, I think you all know that, especially when you first starting, we have to practice a lot to yeah. get it going. It's just like driving a car. It's not a magical. I am working very hard each day toward it. Yeah. And talk me through then. So when you, when you talk about the hard work, not on stage, off stage, before a gig when you're writing, what sort of things do you do to keep yourself motivated to write? I think you have to see a lot of other people, not because of the copying them. For example, if I do material, no way I can deliver that. It's mm. not me. However, when I see you being funny, it keeps me in a funny, in a good mood, in a happiness. And when I am happy, because my comedy style is happiness, is positive, is fun. That means I am in the mood to write my own set. And I think the more you seeing it and support, I know a lot of people tend to sit down and write their own comedy but not my style. For me, I tend to be explosion. I love to be out, be in a positive, be in a fun environment, and that's when my brain is running. Sometimes I can be out watching a drag queen in Soho, and I can see, oh, that's 
is another way of looking at the world upside down. So I record that straight away in my phone. And then I listening to it. And of course, you have to work on it so many times to get the setup, the punchline. But at least you get an idea by being out, being seeing other acts. Yeah. So what's what does the future have for Pussycat Bangkok? What's what's your, your plan after lockdown when comedy comes back? What's your because you're clearly enthusiastic and ambitious. Where are you going next? Like uh, you mentioned that I am the first comedian who not English or British. So I am hoping to have my own open mic night, a comedian that's open for a diversity to make them feel a little bit more welcome. It can be gender fluid, it can be non-binary, LGBT, it can be a Muslim act, it can be a black, black life matter, it can be a white guy, disabled guy. I am out and about a lot and I'm making a lot of friends in the comedy world and I am hoping to provide a safe positive and lovely space and welcoming them to have fun, have an evening of laughter with Pussycat Bangkok. Okay. <laughs> and that's fantastic. And I think um, any any more options and avenues for, for a, a more diverse range of comedians is a great thing. And I say that as a straight white guy. <laughs> Thank you. We can all work it together, right? Absolutely. We can, we can laugh, laugh at your joke and you can laugh at mine, I believe. We can go together. But sometimes, from my experience, sometimes I can be walking into the room, just me who different, and, 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 and another 10 white guys. And, and uh, at the beginning, it makes you worry a little as well about how different you are, how you're not as good or not the same as them. But by having a diversity gig, especially for people who just started, yeah. sometimes you feel that, okay, you might have an Indian accent or Nigerian accent, but because we support and understand each other and we grow together and now when they grow a little bit of experience and confidence hopefully they can walk into the room with you and mm. and can perform a better way for the comedian like us superb so i normally have one question i ask at the end of of um the podcast to everyone and i've never been more certain that i already know the answer <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to ask it anyway. So, um, but I'm going to add another one beforehand that I didn't tell you about. But you, you've been involved in comedy for just over a year. Yes. I think you might have already hinted at the answer. But if you could change anything about the comedy scene in the UK, what would you change? Do you think? Um, I think I, from what I read in Comedy Collective. I would love the world of comedy to be a bit, uh, support each other a little bit more, helping each other a little bit more, mm. because I feel like there is no enemy or, or competition. 
For example, if we both in the same room, people can laugh at both of our yeah. jokes, no one better than the other. And I feel a lot of the time the competition is quite difficult. Also, I find a lot of, uh, I thought when I first start comedy, it's going to be rule full of fun and crazy people it's gonna be a laughter however i learned that now we all have different characters and can still be funny some people a little bit more quiet and their joke is dark comedy and they can be very clever at their punchline or one-liner now for me in the past year i accepting i am learning and i hope other comedian will feel the same way as I am. Mm. Accepting that joke doesn't have to always be a clever one-liner. It can be if you can laugh with me or even at me. That is still another way of comedy. It's still a happiness or it can be a crowning. So as long as we make people happy, right? Absolutely. Great attitude. Um, and I think I think you're right. I think there's there's big enough comedy world for everybody to have a, a space and i think that's great so and then the last question um is if i could guarantee you um positive mental health for the rest of your life but the price you had to pay was that you don't get on stage as pussycat bangkok ever again would you take that deal i would say definitely not <laughs> i think it is no pain no gain we all hear this word all the time. Mm -hmm. I am nervous and have anxiety until to the point that I throwing up or can't sleep. However, I wouldn't swap that with anything in this world. For me, getting on the stage, for me, making people laugh or seeing people happy, having a good time with me. It is the most important thing, and I already chose that before I started all this comedy world, before I worked toward it. So I wouldn't swap it with anything, and no pain, no gain. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say that. Um, I could just tell. But I can I can safely say it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Kat. Your enthusiasm and energy is fantastic. If you ever head north of London, get out of London for a bit, get up to Yorkshire for for some gigs or Manchester. Look look me up. We'll get we'll get on a gig together somewhere because I'd love to get on the on the stage. That would be my dream. I would love to work outside of London. I know people are friendly, and I would love to bring the diversity in myself and the positivity, the happiness toward your gig. So looking forward to working with you in the future. And thank you for Fantastic. having me today. Fantastic. Kat, that's been amazing. Thank you so much. Are you ready for a quick happy ending? Oh, hello. <laughs> we are, are on you film. Ready? Are you ready? Are I'm you ready? <laughs> If you're happy and you know you clap your hand. If you're happy and you know you clap your hand. If you're happy and you know and you really want to show. If you're happy and you know you clap your hand. <laughs> Amazing. That's not happened on the podcast before, so we'll leave it there. Fantastic.
Okay, that was episode 14, and uh, yeah, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. I've never ended a podcast like that before, um, and uh, that was she sprung that on me, did, did Pussycat there. Um, she, she took me by surprise, um, but you know, you've got to go with it, haven't you? You can't really say no. Um, she promised a happy ending, and that was what we got, um, and uh, you know, I'm not going to make any, any obvious jokes there at all. So I think you'll agree that was something completely different and uh, fantastic, and I genuinely mean it. I hope she brings her, her brand of comedy up north, um, and uh, I'd love to to see what the the good people of uh, West Yorkshire and Lancashire would make of of Pussycat Bangkok getting onto our stages and and bringing her eccentricities and uh, uh, her joy and her energy to our stages. Um, that would be great. So fantastic! If you like what you're hearing, like, subscribe, share, spread the word, tell your friends. Um, and come back for more next week and next week we have another slightly different um, approach to uh, the podcast so do come back for episode 15 next week which will be out next Monday um, on the 24th of August and uh, hear what we've got then thank you Sparks of Madness is hosted by Graham Rayner and is a gag and bone man comedy production.